0: Happy Wednesday as we reach the midway point of the week, and today on the Locked On Blue Jay Podcast, we get into more trade deadline talk as we look at players I'd love from the Pittsburgh Pirates and St. Louis Cardinals, plus trivia. Pair of former Toronto Blue Jays Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland recently inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, so we'll have some fun with trivia about those two gentlemen today. And in the first segment coming right up here, we're going to get set for this afternoon's pitching matchup as you say Kikuchi is on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, friends, Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. This is my first season hosting the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, but me personally, yeah, I've been locked on Toronto Blue Jay baseball ever since I can remember. Blue Jays baseball is a big deal for me. It's a big deal for my family as well. Perhaps that describes you and perhaps that's why you're spending part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. I certainly thank you and and appreciate you for that. The Locked On Blue Jay podcast, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm really proud to mention that the Locked On Blue Jay podcast is the only daily Toronto Blue Jay podcast. So tune in, join me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday every week as we're talking all things Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, this season, all the Blue Jay games as well. I want to remind you are available on SiriusXM. And if you're taking in today's episode on the Locked On Blue Jays YouTube page, I want to say hello and thank you for that. I want to welcome some new subscribers I've seen recently: Lauren Thompson, Vid Flyer, and Wayne Swidick. Wayne, I certainly hope I'm, I'm getting that last name correct because I appreciate all three of you uh, recently hitting that subscribe button. Welcome and thank you for that. And to the everydayers making the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, hello and thank you. Hit that five-star review and leave a comment, please and thank you. Afternoon game today for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, sort of, right? We'll count it as an afternoon game. It's a 4.10 p.m. Eastern first pitch. I mean, local time in L.A., it's 1 p.m. So we'll we'll count it as an afternoon game. And let's start today's episode by deep diving as we have Yusei Kakuchi versus Tony Gonsolin. Yusei Kakuchi, 7-3 and three on the season, ERA back under 4 at 3.92. The Blue Jays started by winning 7 of Kikuchi's first 8 starts. I mean, remember? Oh, shit. Hitting my hat here. <laughs> Sorry. Hitting my Blue Jay hat here. Sorry, Blue Jay hat. Oh my gosh. Did I knock it off? Sorry, Blue Jay hat. If you're listening on the podcast, if you've seen my my set design before, I've got a Uh, a new blue uh, uh, hat here with the, with the all-star game logo. I love this hat so much. So I wanted to make sure it was part of my, part of my set here. And I just nailed it with my right arm. So that's not a harbinger of things to come for a Toronto blue Jay. That's just the, you know, trying to have a neat set here and hitting something by accident. So that is not a harbinger. Do not worry about that. But as you say, Kikuchi, remember these. The the you say in the Blue Jays, they started in lockstep this season. They won seven of his first eight starts. Now just six and six, and you say Kikuchi starts since then. And what's really odd, and I mean really odd, when you look at this, is you say is alternating entire months, not even start by start. Entire months he's alternating really good with really poor you look at Yusei Kakuchi in April well that was a 4 0 Yusei Kakuchi with a 3.00 ERA yes please all around yes please remember this is the number 5 starter right i mean all of that is really 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 good for the number 5 starter but then in May so the second month of the season 5.83 ERA my goodness as bad as Kakuchi was last season his ERA wasn't even that high like that was that was awful then June back to Back to the promise, back to being excited about Yusei Kakuchi 2.28 ERA in June. My goodness, my goodness. But now in July, this is his fifth and obviously final start in the month of July. Well, he comes into this start with a 4.66 ERA so far this month in July. So really odd, some real extremes happening for Yusei Kakuchi Now, overall, if you're looking big picture, Toronto Blue Jays have won 13 of kakuchi's 20 starts. Again, I'm going to say that's the number five starter. 13 and seven from the number five starter. That's outstanding. Remember in 2021, when the Blue Jays missed the play-in game by one game, they missed the playoffs by two games. And really it was because of the schedule, right? They couldn't play. But COVID, they, they couldn't play at home until almost the end of the season. Remember, then then they caught absolute fire once they could get back to Canada, of course. But it, my, during that season, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. Well, remember the Blue Jays missed the play-in play game by one game. They missed the playoffs by two games. Robbie Ray wins the Cy Young. Well, the Blue Jays were 17 and 17 when Robbie Ray started. I'm not impressed by that at all. Wouldn't we have traded a Robbie Ray Cy Young for another win or two to get the Blue Jays in the playoffs? And and as the playoffs in 2021 played out, what did we see? If the Blue Jays made the playoffs that season, they were going to win the whole thing. Remember, Atlanta won it all in 2021. Blue Jays smashed Atlanta. They were six and zero, and they smashed them every single time they played them. So I'd rather see the team success than the individual success. And you say Kikuchi when he's been on the mound this season, 20 starts. Blue Jays 13 and seven. Also want to mention that you say Kikuchi made 20 starts for the Blue Jays last season. Also, so we can compare apples to apples at this point. 20 starts last season. 20 starts this season last season in Kikuchi's 20 starts, 49 walks. This season, that's down to 31. Significant improvement for the Southpaw you say, Kikuchi with filling up the strike zone this season. 91 strikeouts last season in those 20 starts, 108. Okay. Okay. You say I'm seeing a lot of improvements here. I'm seeing you pound the strike zone. I'm loving it. His own record last season in the twenty games as a starter, four and seven with a five point two five ERA. Gross this season in the twenty starts instead of four and seven, how about seven and three? Instead of the five point two five ERA, how about three point nine two? Blue Jays in those twenty games we talk about. I just want wins and losses, right, for the team. Blue Jays in those twenty Kikuchi starts last season, six and fourteen. Vomit emoji, six and 14 this season, 13 and seven. The eye test tells you Kikuchi has been much better and the and the actual stats, the production tells you he's been much better. Now, truth be told, the eye test will still show you that Yusei Kikuchi's still getting hit hard and often, but he's been so much better this season at limiting the damage. You say Kakuchi's allowed 22 home runs this season. That's amongst the worst in all of baseball, but 14 of those have been solo home runs. Last season, half of his home runs allowed a crooked number right away. Last season, half of the home runs Kikuchi allowed were two runs or three runs on the board right away for the opposition. And one of those two or one of those three runs was always what? A walk, it was always a free batter. So you say Kikuchi's not doing that this season, still getting hit hard, still getting taken deep a lot. But The solo home runs, such a different animal than the two or the three run home runs. A solo home run here, a solo home run there. Man, your offense should be able to to bail you out and, and help you out in those situations. So you say Kikuchi, the way he's limited damage this season, two thumbs way up. The only Dodgers who have really faced you say a lot are the former Red Sox, Mookie Betts and JD Martinez. Mookie Betts just one for eight versus you say Kikuchi. Okay, you say keep that up tonight, and JD Martinez just two for nine against you say now. Both of the two hits did leave the ballpark. They were both home runs, so I will have to keep an eye on that. But ultimately, you know, big pitcher wise Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez combined three for 17 versus Yusei Kikuchi. Yeah, I'm excited about that. A stunner here is that the Dodgers are just 12-15 and 15 so far this season versus lefties. They are smashing righties, but lefties are beating them this season, which is really, really odd. The Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball last season against Southpaws. They were 32-16 and 16 last season against lefties 12 and 15 so far this season again I'm going to say let's hope that that is another one of the trends that we're seeing here that we hope continues Tony Gonsolin, righty on the good looking righty uh, I like Tony Gonsolin. I think he's got a big future here uh, he's on the mound for for the for the Dodgers made some nice adjustments in the offseason he's pitching fairly well 5 and 3 record 3.94 ERA now the Dodgers are just 8 and 7 in Gonsolin's 15 starts so far this season but do need to mention they've won his last three starts and they're five and two when he started at home. He's, he's been, you know, significantly better at home, but the, the one thing, the one glass half full for the Toronto Blue Jays in this game, this is a day game. Gonsolin's had at least three or four day games this season and he's been rocked every single time. Tony Gonsolin has been rocked in day games. So yet again, Hey, a a, a trend that we hope continues, right? Tony Gonsolin, I mean, his four seamer and his split finger, his four-seam fastball and his split-finger fastball are both are both big-time pitches for Tony Gonsolin. But the slider and his curveball, both of those pitches have been vulnerable. So if you're the Blue Jays tonight and you're reading spin coming out of his hand, get ready to do some damage because there's been times this season, and Gonsolin will tell you, too many times where it's just spun there and it hasn't had the break. the The slider or the curve hasn't had the break he was looking for and they just sat there in the middle of the strike zone looking to have damage done to them. Toronto Blue Jays need to be looking to pick those out tonight. Dalton Varshow, he's the only one who's really faced, uh, faced Gonsolin a lot. Dalton Varshow just two for 14 in his career against Tony Gonsolin. And a reminder, of course, this game is available on tonight on, or this afternoon, right, on Sirius XM. Coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we continue our ongoing conversations about the potential players that the Toronto Blue Jays could, and in my opinion anyway, should be targeting as the trade deadline rapidly approaches first I wanted to talk about a new sponsor we're thrilled to have sleeper Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world over 5 million active users in 2022, while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. How cool is that at sleeper? It's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Swing for the fences on sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Predict the hottest baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and and much more. And if you cash in your daily fantasy baseball skills, like, like for example, have you looked at, we were looking at earlier, I mean, Yusei Kikuchi, he's dominated Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez. So tonight, you may want to take the unders for Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez. You know, how many hits will they get, home runs, things like that. We've, we just talked about Yusei Kikuchi dominates these guys. So hopefully that's going that's a few uh, picks right there to get your ticket going tonight use the promo code locked on and sleeper will match your first deposit up to $100 yes you can swing for the fences with the promo code locked on at sign up and you'll get a deposit match up to $100 so check out sleeper today Now, as we've been discussing, when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays and trades, I just don't see the Toronto Blue Jays having the return assets to be able to go big game hunting. So I do think the trade deadline is going to be rounding out some edges, similar to last season, right? Remember last season, there, there were five players added, four via trades, and then one the next day when the smoke settled from all the trades and the releases and things like that. So the blue Jays from one day to the next last season had five different players on the roster. That's significant. It's only a 26 man roster, you know, five, just like that. That's significant turnover. You'll remember the, the trade deadline. That was Anthony Bass. That was Mitch white. That was Zach pop. That was what Merrifield, And then the next day, a Jackie Bradley Jr. So, and and all of that with extremely little going out the door for the Toronto Blue Jays. These were all very affordable return assets for the Blue Jays. So their return assets to acquire these guys and make those changes, what they hoped were improvements. In some cases, yes. In some cases, not so much. Right. But but same idea. It it, they they weren't costly. That's what I think we're going to look. That's what I think we're going to see this season from the Toronto Blue Jays. So no, sorry, I don't think I don't think the Jays are in on Shohei. If Soto becomes available, things like that, I I just don't see it. Remember, any big game hunting that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to do is going to require Ricky Tiedemann going the other way. And I'm massively, I'm just way, way not in for that myself personally. I'm not in for that at all. I think Ricky Tiedemann has a massive future on the big league level. And I want it to be in Toronto. I want it to be in Canada repping the Blue Jays. Call me crazy, (laughs) right? Now, we looked at the uh, NL Central Cubs yesterday. Well, how about a couple of other teams in the NL Central that I think are very likely going to be open for business as the trade deadline approaches? One of my absolute favorite ones, Pittsburgh Pirates, David Bednar. This is a reliever that a lot of Blue Jay fans wanted last season. At this point last season, if you take your mind's eye back, the Pittsburgh Pirates were fancying themselves as being on the verge of being a contender. The the Pirates thought that 2023 was going to go very differently. They've had a lot of bad injuries, so they've not only not only has it not gone differently for them, they're, they're a last place team at this point. Well, well, careening towards last place anyway, uh, they've, they've struggled mightily spent some time in first place, but it's just been such a free fall and, and they've had a lot of injuries as well. So not only are they not the wins and losses team that they thought they would be in 2023, but they're not even getting the development from their young players because they have so many injuries. I mean, last season, it would have taken a a T. It would have taken something massive to land David Bednar this season. He's about to go into his first year of arbitration, so he's very affordable. And I just—it it would not surprise me if David to, to see that David Bednar could be had from the Pirates this season at the trade deadline. Now, when you're talking about David Bednar, if you haven't seen this guy, I mean, a very good curveball, but the fastball—oh my gosh, his fastball is as good as, as as there is in baseball. You know, you can't do damage to it, you can't square it up. He's awesome. He's been an All Star the last two seasons. I think he's an absolute sensational arm for the back of this bullpen. Now, it's akin to big game hunting because he's so good, back-to-back all-stars, you know, extremely affordable contract. So it's almost big game hunting. I just don't see a Tiedemann being needed at this point because of what Pittsburgh's gone through. I think Pittsburgh might be looking for, you know, two or three. They, they might be looking for quantity and hope that one of those two or three guys works out as opposed to quality. That That, that may be wishful thinking on my end, right? That may be wishful thinking, but I'm just – I mean, bottom line, I'm not going to be surprised if that we find out that David Bednar is available. With the Pittsburgh Pirates as well, you have Mitch Keller. He can add to this rotation for the Blue Jays. He's heading into his second arbitration season, so pretty affordable. This season, he's having his career best season for strikeouts. He's, he was an all-star this season as well. He was a fellow all-star with David Bednar. And what I really like here about Mitch Keller, in particular for the Toronto Blue Jays, this season, he had a game where he pitched really well against the Boston Red Sox. You know that's coming up with the Toronto Blue Jays. Big series with the Red Sox. He's pitched very well against the Tampa Bay Rays. Six of the last nine games of the season for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays are against the Tampa Bay Rays, so he would definitely get one. You could even finagle it where he ends up with two of those starts down the stretch against the Rays, two massive starts, which I would would be up for because he's pitched well against them this season. And you know that the Blue Jays ultimately, we thought they'd have to try to catch Tampa Bay for the division. Now we see they're going to have to catch Baltimore for the division. Mitch Keller had an absolute gem. One one of the best games I've seen pitched all season long, all season long by anybody this season, was Mitch Keller against the Baltimore Orioles. So he hasn't faced the Yankees, certainly not to my mind, certainly not to my knowledge, he's faced the Yankees, but those other three AL East foes, Baltimore, Tampa, and Baltimore, sorry, Baltimore, Tampa, Baltimore, Baltimore, Tampa, and Boston, man, Mitch Keller, this season alone, has been excellent against all three of those opponents, and all three of those opponents are coming up for the Toronto Blue Jays. Andrew McCutcheon, if you wanted to extend and you know expand this trade, Andrew McCutcheon, there's the right-handed bat that the Blue Jays could use against lefties. You, you know he's a veteran. You know he's going to fit right into the clubhouse. He's not looking to leave Pittsburgh, so if he does get traded, whoever does pick him up can be a team that's excited to acquire him because you're getting someone who Pittsburgh would have been working you know, in in conjunction with Andrew McCutcheon to head to this team. So if McCutcheon does become a Toronto Blue Jay, it's because he's really excited about becoming a Toronto Blue Jay. You know, you get a a veteran with his great attitude. He leads the Pirates right now with a 269 batting average. I know 269 batting average isn't really something to write home about, but still pretty... Still pretty impressive that he leads the team in hitting, and he also leads the Pirates with the with uh, an on-base percentage. Now, his on-base percentage, 269 for the batting average, mm, not that impressive. 385, though, on-base percentage for the veteran. That is definitely impressive, and he's an impending free agent. So, again, somebody who ultimately just isn't going to break the bank, isn't going to cost a whole lot for the Toronto Blue Jays to acquire. Let's keep it in the NL Central. Let's head over to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals, I don't know what to make of them not just you know coming into the season. Remember, the Blue Jays opened this season by losing two out of three in St. Louis. We weren't happy about that. We were a little bit crestfallen about it, but we did write it off pretty quickly because it was like, well, every team going into St. Louis this season is going to lose two out of three. Like, we're not devastated by this. It doesn't mean anything one way or the other for the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, as 2023 has played itself out, my goodness, St. Louis has been awful. They've said they were going to make trades now it looks like some of the bigger names like the Goldschmidt's, the Arenados will not be traded. But my question for them for St. Louis is what about impending free agent? So the price is going to be right. Hopefully for the blue Jays lefty starter, Jordan Montgomery, Now Jordan Montgomery right now sports a 2.1 war that would tie him on the team. Hi, Kevin Gosman's war right now is a 2.1. It's the tops on the blue Jays. So Jordan Montgomery would walk in the door tied with Kevin Gosman for the top war on the team. He's been, he's a ground ball pitcher that, that's going to play at Roger Center. Home run happy Roger Center. Let's get the ground ball pitcher in there. And Jordan Montgomery, I mean, what have we seen from him this year? Have you been impressed? Wow, he'll get you with his sinker. He'll get you with his changeup. He'll get you with his curveball. And I'm talking strikeouts and just regular outs as well. Jordan Montgomery, even when St. Louis has has sort of walked back, remember they, they came out saying we're definitely going to be making trades. They've walked that back a little bit, but – I, I, for me, it seems like they walked it back for the Goldschmidt's and the Arenado's, not for somebody like Jordan Montgomery. I'll be very surprised, in fact, if Jordan Montgomery is not traded from the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, could you expand the trade and add flame-throwing 100-miles-per-hour-plus reliever Jordan Hicks? Again, an impending free agent. So again, the price is not going to be you know astronomical. It could be something affordable for the Toronto Blue Jays. What do we know about Jordan Hicks? An absolute strikeout machine. Too many walks, very true, too many walks, eight saves on the season, six holds, three blown saves. So you see eight saves and six holds. So he's getting end-of-the-game opportunities for the St. Louis Cardinals. And what, what's really incredible, I mean, well, there's a few things here. Now, you, you talk about the, you know, just open honest conversation, strikeout machine, but too many walks. Well, if if Pete Walker and the Blue Jays think they can harness Hicks's control and even slightly, I'm not looking for miracles here, even slightly reduce his walks, then I think Jordan Hicks could be a big-time late-inning bullpen arm for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, at least, if not going forward, but at least for the rest of this season. And really... When you look at Jordan Hicks's numbers on the surface, you're not going to be all that impressed, but I want you to understand, or I want to mention that his issues have come in St. Louis for some reason in, in, in that ballpark on that mound with those sight lines, whatever it is about that ballpark in St. Louis, it doesn't work for Jordan Hicks outside of St. Louis. Like when he's on a road ballpark, on a road mound, Jordan Hicks has been cash money His career, and and that's not just this season, that's over his career. His career ERA is under three on the road, and his career ERA at St. Louis is five. Hmm. Currently, Eric Swanson is the backup closer for a tired Jordan Romano, but I mean, I, I think Jordan Hicks steps in and becomes that guy, and certainly Jordan Hicks steps in and takes some of the wear and tear off of Eric Swanson in the late innings as well as the seventh and eighth inning guy as well. I would like that move. I know a lot of people want a lot of Blue Jay fans, and I get why want that uh, want that uh, outfielder coming in that's going to be able to hit left-handed pitching. I know a lot of Blue Jay fans are high on Tyler O'Neill. I think most of that, all due respect to Tyler O'Neill, is because he is a good Canadian boy, right from Burnaby, B.C. But and in, in his career, he hits over 800 uh, in OPS against lefties. But if you're looking to expand this trade for the Blue Jays, then for me, it's Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson, not playing every day for St. Louis. He's come back from injury now. 397 on base percentage in his career versus lefties. 397 on base percentage and an OPS over 800 this season as well, by the way, versus lefties. Sorry, that's just, I a bigger part. 397 on base percentage this season. Beg your pardon. In his career, in Dylan Carlson's career versus left-handed pitchers, you tell me, is this good? 310 batting average, 381 on base percentage. 858 OPS career against lefties. I mean, is that good? My goodness. He, he makes about uh, about 750,000 this season and is heading into his arbitration year. So he's extremely affordable as well. The Cardinals, that's one thing they have. A lot of young, uh, high upside outfielders. So Dylan Carlson's sort of just getting lost in the mix there. He, he could really, really provide some things, in my opinion anyway, for the Toronto Blue Jays. Third and final segment of Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. Again, remember now, Locked On Blue Jay podcast, only daily Blue Jay pod there is. So tune in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday each week. And it's trivia time. Usually we like to do trivia Tuesday, but the yesterday's show was so packed we didn't get to it. So I'm glad we're going to get to it today here. Trivia Tuesday, the Wednesday edition. And a pair of former Toronto Blue Jays, Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland, were just inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame this past weekend. So I thought we'd have some fun with some trivia questions surrounding those two. Now, if you're new to the trivia section that, that we do here or or the trivia that we do, I'm going to ask. It's six questions we have here. One, two, three. yeah, six questions that we've that, that I've got this week. I'll ask all six. So you can go ahead and pause if you want to uh, think about, oh, boy, you know, the, the answer to number four is on the tip of my tongue. If you want to have a second to think about it, please just pause it and then press play after the six are asked because I'm going to get right back in. After I ask the six questions, I'm going to jump right back in and give you the six answers. Let's have some fun and let's get into this starting with September 14th, 1987, epic day, not just in Toronto Blue Jays franchise history, in Major League Baseball history, as the Toronto Blue Jays set a Major League Baseball record that still stands to this day as they walloped 10 home runs in that one game, 18-3 to beatdown over the Baltimore Orioles. How many home runs did Fred McGriff hit in that record-setting game? Hmm. In his career. Fred McGriff, the crime dog, was a five-time All-Star. How many of those All-Star appearances for Fred McGriff was he representing the Toronto Blue Jays? Five-time All-Star, how many times as a Toronto Blue Jay? Question number three. In 1989, as a Blue Jay, Fred McGriff led the league in home runs. How many did he hit? Question number four what Blue Jay legend was acquired in exchange for Scott Rowland? Blue Jays had Scott Rowland and until Chapman got here and, and I mean, Chapman's been good defensively, but I still, for me, I still probably think Scott Rowland's the best defensive third baseman I ever saw play for the Toronto Blue Jays. But I mean, if you're going to say Chapman, you're going to have a a case to be made as well, right? Matt Chapman is, is, is spectacular defensively, but Scott Rowland was the Matt Chapman defensively before Matt Chapman. Scott Rowland was a special defender down there at the hot corner. Now, he played about a season and a half for the Blue Jays, and then the Blue Jays traded him. Who did they trade him for? And it's it's a superstar in Blue Jay, in Blue Jay lore. Fifth question, did Fred McGriff ever win a World Series ring? Sixth and final question, did Scott Rowland ever earn a World Series ring? Pause this here for a quick sec. Think about your answers. Okay, just like that, we're back, right? Okay, so let's get into the answers for these six trivia questions. The first trivia question was September fourteenth, 1987, Blue Jays a Still to this day, Major League Baseball record, 10 home runs hit by the Jays. Ernie Witt had three. Rance Molenix had two. George Bell had two, so that gets us up to seven. Lloyd Mosby hit the eighth. Rob Ducey hit the ninth. That leaves... One for Fred McGriff, and it was the last one too. If Fred McGriff led off the bottom of the eighth with the 10th home run of the game, that that gave the Blue Jays a little bit of breathing room in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, it was only a 17-3 lead. Fred McGriff gave him some breathing room, made it 18-3. Yes, clearly I'm being sarcastic there. Yes, indeed, but one, one of the all-time games for the Toronto Blue Jays. And remember now, that was 1987. So everyday as well know, a couple throwback Thursdays ago, we deep-dived the 1987 Toronto Blue Jays, who authored one of the collapses, not just the Toronto Blue Jays franchise history in baseball history, the 1987 Toronto Blue Jays authored one of the greatest collapses in baseball history. And of course that was September 14th is this home run game. And then the next two weeks after that is when the collapse happened. Oh boy. Oh boy. So real feast or famine for that 87 team. And we asked in his career, Fred McGriff was a five-time all-star. How many times did he represent the Toronto Blue Jays in the all-star game? Did you say none? Because if you did, you're correct. Fred McGriff was an all-star as a San Diego Padre, three times he was an all-star representing the Atlanta Braves and one time Fred McGriff was an all-star representing the Tampa Bay then Devil Rays I know I think a lot of people forget that McGriff played and played had had big seasons for the Tampa Bay then Devil Rays we asked in 1989 as a Blue Jay Fred McGriff led the league in home runs how many did he hit do you remember this one it's not a if you're searching for a big number Parrot way down and come to take many steps backwards. If you're looking for a huge number, Fred McGriff had 36 home runs that season led the league. He would lead the league again in 1992. So about three seasons later, he would lead the league again in home runs. This time the trade to the Padres had happened and he was a Padre in 92 and he led the league with 35 home runs that season. So Fred McGriff twice in his hall of fame career led the league in home runs. One was 36, one was 35 different times, right? Different times. Asked what Blue Jay legend was acquired in exchange for Scott Rowland. JP Ricciardi was the general manager at the time. He called the Cincinnati Reds. All he wanted was Josh Reneke and Zach Stewart in exchange for Scott Rowland. And for some insane reason, I don't know. I don't get it. Were they trying to do well by Edwin to send him somewhere with more playing time? I I don't know. I don't know. But I know that the answer to this question is the, the Cincinnati Reds insisted in addition to Josh Reineke and Zach Stewart in exchange for Scott Rowland, the Reds insisted that Edwin Encarnacion be included in that trade too. That's how the Blue Jays got Edwin Encarnacion from the Cincinnati Reds, insisting he be included in a trade to them. Thank you, Cincinnati Reds. Thank you, Cincinnati Reds. We asked if Fred McGriff ever earned a World Series ring. Did you get this one? You might've even thought that he had, but do you remember the team it was with? because Fred McGriff did win a World Series ring with the 1995 Atlanta Braves. He would go back to the World Series with them in 2000, sorry, in 96, I believe, if I remember correctly, that was the uh, the Yankees beating them that season. I think 96 was the year where the Braves were up 2-0 on the Yankees as well, and they stormed back and won that World Series. So Fred McGriff, you know, was was that close to even repeating as a champion, but he did win, the. he was on the World Series champions in 1995, Atlanta Braves, does have the World Series ring. Now I asked, did Scott Rowland, Earn a World Series ring. Yes, he did. 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. Now that's a wrap for Wednesday's episode of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. Sure hope you enjoyed it. I, I certainly thank you for spending time talking Blue Jay baseball with me today. Be sure to check in tomorrow, as yes, the Toronto Blue Jays are off tomorrow, but we'll have Throwback Thursday, Blue Jay stories. And on Friday, how excited am I about this? I hope you're going to get excited too. On Friday, friend of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, Jay Jackson back in the house, talking his career, talking Blue Jay baseball, and we're going to get into what it's like for MLB players around this time of the year. What's it like for MLB players around trade deadline time? Go Jays go, and we'll talk tomorrow.